Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Social Disease. My name is Jasper. And I'm Bridget. And we are finally at the end of season 11. Like, I feel like it has been both incredibly long and incredibly short at the same time. It actually really does feel like it was kind of short, but wow, it's been weeks. (laughs) Yeah, so the only characters we have left to dive into are Drew, Bianca, and Katie who really did a lot this season. I would say they're in the top spiciest of the season. For sure. Especially in the first half with all the gang nonsense. Oh my, yeah. You'll get into that. But I think we want to start with Katie, just because the gang stuff is pretty intense, so it's going to be more fun to go out with a bang with the gang stuff. (laughs) So, to start off with Katie... Katie is a new character to the show in season 11, but she has apparently been going to Degrassi for a while now. So she's like pretty well established in clubs and such. So the first time we really see her is with the newspaper with Claire, which we already talked about in our Claire episode, where we kind of get a a sense of Katie. She's kind of a bit no-nonsense. We learn that she hates drama, which... I don't know how true she holds to those morals, (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) she then has like a brief thing with Adam, which we talked about in our Adam episode, where Adam gets the wrong idea about her. But then the first time we really kind of get more insight into her is when she gets involved with Drew and him like being a part of Fight Club, which we're going to talk about with Drew and Bianca when we get to them. But Katie kind of gets involved with like exposing this this secret fight club that Drew is a part of. And then Drew was like intrigued by her while he's also dealing with his PTSD from all the gang stuff. So she kind of helps him out and realize that fighting is not the answer. And she convinces him to join karate as a healthy outlet instead. And they kind of get together. They kiss once, I believe, at that point. And they're kind of unofficially together, which becomes a problem when we get to the school election where Marisol is jealous that Katie and Drew are hanging out and they kind of become official at that point. And we talked about the whole Katie Marisol feud with Marisol in our last episode. So we're not going to go too into that again, but Katie does struggle with her eating disorder with the school election because Marisol tells the whole school that Katie struggles with bulimia, and she almost relapses. But then that whole episode ends with Katie and Marisol making up. Katie wins the election. She's happy with Drew, but Drew is all like, if Marisol's around, I won't be, because he doesn't like Marisol at all. So the next episode is, it's just before prom. Drew promises like a very romantic night, blah, blah, blah. And Marisol convinces Katie that Drew is ready to have sex. So in order to deflect having sex because Katie is not ready, she makes Drew get a STD test. And she makes Marisol come over to cockblock her and Drew's movie date. But in the end, Drew just wanted Katie to meet his mom. (laughs) So no no sex problems with these two yet. (laughs) So then after that is the time jump to the end of the summer where everybody goes to Jake's cabin and Katie tags along 
because she is very jealous of Bianca hanging out with Drew and the whole Taurus family overall because I think Bianca is working at like Drew's dad's something or other in order to like help out with the lawyers from all the gang stuff. So this kind of starts the whole love triangle between Katie, Bianca, and Drew. So Katie is pretty jealous of Bianca for the remainder of the season. But then we take a bit of a break from this love triangle to Katie is trying to get onto like a national soccer team or something or other, but she gets injured and she starts abusing her mother's painkillers. I forget what exactly the drug was. Was it oxycodone? Yeah, it was oxy. Yeah. So she starts abusing that, which only makes her injury worse. So she ends up tearing her ACL, I think. I, f- I feel like I hear people talk about tearing their ACL all the time, but I have no idea what that actually means. <laughs> Sports, <laughs> are they? Yeah. What is this for? <laughs> yeah, so her knee is injured or something. <laughs> so she has to get surgery, which doesn't happen for a little bit. But then when she does get it, she actually gets prescribed painkillers. But then her doctor is trying to like wean her off of them. So she pretends to befriend Bianca so that she could use her drug connects from her past life to get some drugs to help out her injury. But then she ends up overdosing when they go out to the club and her parents send her to rehab. So that's kind of how the season ends for her. She's in rehab. She is still dating Drew, even though his loyalties might lie elsewhere at this point, but we'll get more into that later. But yeah, so that's Katie. Where do you, where do you want to start, Bridget? Okay. I'm going to ask you a question, actually, because I was wondering, do you think that when they introduced Katie, since, as you said, she apparently she was at Degrassi this whole time, and then she just popped out of nowhere. I loved her at first. But do you think they were trying to go with, like, a potential new Emma? In what sense? I mean, we have Claire. Claire's kind of ruling the, like, she's, like, kind of one of the main characters, like, the main girl. But, like, I feel like they were introducing Katie to be a bigger character than... I think at first they wanted her to be a big character. And then it kind of, like, faded a little bit towards the end. But I feel like they wanted her to be someone like Emma, Manny, like one of the main people that you talk about. I feel like that is kind of hard for Katie because she gets introduced in the middle of her junior year. Mm -hmm. So unless they hold her back, which isn't unheard of in Degrassi, of course, with holding characters back. But given that she is introduced so late in her high school career, it's kind of difficult for her to be a main, main character like Claire because she's not going to have, like, the full four high school years to get development. Okay, that's a good point. I was just curious what you thought about that. Yeah, I would say that Katie is probably one of the main characters of her class, like the graduating class that graduates in season 12. Yeah. But that class in general is kind of weird because the earliest characters in that class were introduced in season 10 as juniors. So that whole class doesn't get four full years to begin with. Oh, wow. Okay. So 
with that caveat, I would say that Katie is a main character of her class, even though that class is short-lived compared to pretty much every other Degrassi class. Gotcha. All right, that makes sense. I agree. All right, now let's actually start talking about Katie. (laughs) I thought it was interesting how we kind of get a few glimpses into Katie before we actually get to know her with Drew, because we have the Claire and the Adam situations, which where she's kind of the side character in the plot. And then even when she does start getting with Drew, she's still a side character in Drew's story. It takes a while for her to actually get her own thing, which is the school election. So I thought it was kind of interesting in that sense because I'm not sure if her character kind of stays consistent from like the few glimpses that we see of her. Because like I kind of joked about in the summary, with Claire, she is saying, I hate drama, get drama away from me. But then she goes and dates Drew Torres. Ah, Drew is like the leader of the drama. You're what? so right. <laughs> so her characterization is a little weird to me just to start off, just because with her first few appearances, it seems like they didn't really know what they wanted to do with her. I can see that because you're right. She was introduced like, could she have potentially been an Adam romance? You're right. It was introduced weird. I also being friends with Marisol. Have you heard like Marisol is also drama. And as you can see, all of like Katie's drama is kind of, it's either from Drew or it's from Marisol. Like the two people in her life are very dramatic. (laughs) Exactly. So I don't know if it was just like a way to fend off Claire because Claire was being annoying towards her. Oh my gosh, all Claire was was drama. Yeah, but that is the first chance we see her. So like we're kind of supposed to take Katie being no drama as fact, even if it might not be true. I was actually thinking that too because Katie does go back and forth. She's like, I don't like drama. I don't like drama. And then it's like Marisol tells the entire school she's bulimic and then takes her back as a friend. And then it's like, I still don't like drama. And then dates Drew, who is like, also like, let my ex-girlfriend come hang out with us all the time. I feel like she's just put into situations that are dramatic. And I want her to be the nice girl. But the one thing that really stood out to me was the way she treated Imogen. That really did not fit what I thought she was supposed to be as a character because she was really mean. Like, I know she was following kind of Marisol's lead, but there was the whole, like, image is going to take the blame. Like, I can't not be president, like, all that stuff. Even if the whole drama aspect of her character was inconsistent, I did think her being an overachiever was clear from the start. And then her throwing Imogen under the bus was kind of part of that because if anything goes wrong as an overachiever, that's not going to work out for her. Yeah, I guess we kind of think we look at her and she says she's no drama. Like Drew's like, I like you because you're so nice. And it's like, what are your comparisons? Like Bianca being involved with a gang? That's not a good comparison because that's not a normal amount of drama. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, her characterization is a bit spotty at the beginning, but I do think it works out towards the end. Like, once she starts getting her own 
plots from her own perspective, starting with the election and then going into the whole soccer thing and then her whole jealousy stuff. I do think she does make her place as a character. I think that she lucked out that they gave her so many plots in her first season of Degrassi. That was unreal because some characters have to work like Wesley got some plots and then like died off and you know like Adam really just had his main like transgender plots and like didn't get much else but Katie got she had the election she has Drew she is the eating disorder she has the soccer thing well that's why I was wondering what they were trying to do like were they gonna bump Katie up to being a pretty big main character for the remainder of Degrassi but because she started so late I can see what you're saying about her being a main character for her class versus like all of Degrassi. Yeah, I do think, like I said, I do think she does become a main character because even thinking about Maya, right? I think we talked about this with Maya about how every lead type of character like Emma, like Claire, like Maya, they're all brought in as an extension of a character who already exists. So Emma was Spike's daughter, Claire was Darcy's sister, Maya is Katie's sister. So I think that is kind of meant to show how Katie is a main character because she's so important that she is able to bring in a new character as the lead character. Wow, that's really good. I feel like we, if we've talked about this, I apologize, but that's like, I, for some reason, I did not make that connection about how the leads are related to old characters? Yeah. Why did I not? I mean, like, I feel like I, obviously I knew that. I just never realized that. Because I guess, I mean, Darcy was a pretty big character. I, we're not going to talk too much about Claire. But yeah, I guess I, it's hard for me to still connect Darcy and Claire because they were together for such a short amount of time. Yeah. And Claire became so big. But then Maya becomes so big. So that makes sense. Yeah. So, again, I, I, I would say Katie is a main character, even though her time on the show is so short-lived, which is pretty impressive, honestly. I really enjoy Katie's character because I feel like it's something we haven't really seen before. Like, we have kind of seen it with, like, someone wanting to be involved in, like, the newspaper and, like, the elections, but I feel like she has, like, the eating disorder plot, like, like, it was different to see that it wasn't developing in the moment. Like, it was, it had already happened, if that makes sense. And then the um, sports thing, which we'll talk about. I don't really know anything about sports, so I wasn't, like, super interested. But I could feel like it was kind of cool seeing it from, like, a girl perspective with the sports. I agree. Okay. So do you want to get more into the specifics that we've been bouncing around this whole time? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So how about the eating disorder? Okay, let's do that one. Okay. I did like the eating disorder plotline, but it did kind of seem kind of shoehorned in to that whole election plot. Like that already had a lot going on with Marisol being jealous and the election and then Katie and Drew getting together. So throwing in an eating disorder was a lot in that one episode. So I... I was thinking about this, and I feel like they they had her have the eating disorder in the past, and, like, that she's kind of still dealing with it a little bit, but, like, it isn't as bad as it was. 
to kind of connect to Drew going through something now and like her being like, you can get through this. Like it's kind of in one way connecting them that she went through this really tough time and she was able to get through it. And even though she still has some urges occasionally, like she pushes through. And I feel like that was kind of a good connection to like Drew with like what he was going through currently and he, him feeling like he'll never be able to like get through this and like he has to, you know, prepare for the worst and whatnot. So I feel like that kind of connected them on that level and that's why they could have introduced it to make her like not as perfect as she's coming off. Yeah, that was definitely the point because she was very insecure about anybody finding out about it. Yeah, which is completely, I mean, like, it's fair. I just couldn't believe Marisol in this scenario. Like, that was just awful. Like, but I also was trying to figure out, I'm like, okay, Katie did call her a homewrecker first, but, but does that make what Marisol did okay? Absolutely not. Yes. What kind of is weird to, also weird to me about the eating disorder is that it is after she's already kind of gone through the bulk of it. So compared to like the Emma eating disorder plotline where like we see her develop her eating disorder and then dealing with it, like it was weird to me how like she's mostly over it and then she only occasionally still struggles with it because it's also not really mentioned ever again after that that episode either. Yeah, I mean, I can see from the point of view of maybe somebody who has had an eating disorder and is kind of just like going through life afterwards. And I feel like she really does state, she's like, I will always have one, even though it's it's over, which I don't know, I kind of liked seeing it from that perspective because it always makes me so sad watching it happen. And then you usually see like it's happening and then someone's like, you need to get help and then they get help, but you never really see what it's like afterwards and although they don't bring it up again I do feel like it was important to show that stress can cause it to come back again because that was like the stress of the election and everything was making her like rethink it yes I absolutely agree that it is good to show like the everyday life of dealing with something like an eating disorder even when it's not like right in your face all the time Oh, and I also really liked the relapse part of it. Because even though she doesn't actually relapse, I thought that was a really good thing to show how relapsing is something that is going to happen every now and then. Because it also happens with Fiona with her alcohol as well. So even though we don't get to see her struggling with the eating disorder when it was originally happening. I do like, like, like you said, with dealing with potential relapses and just the everyday coping with it. When we watch season 12, I'm going to try to pay attention to see if they ever bring it back up again. Because if they don't, I am going to be like, oh, that, that definitely was just kind of like a throw in her a plot. But, and I'm sure you, you know, because you are like amazing at Degrassi. Um, <laughs> But I still want to keep an eye out because that would be kind of disappointing. It's like just to introduce it as like what, just a connection to Drew. That would be kind of like, oh, come on. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they don't bring it up again. And it's not even really, from what I can remember, it's not really something that is even under the surface at any point. 
because I was thinking with the whole soccer thing, they could have gone in the direction that she does relapse with her eating disorder with a soccer thing rather than just going to drugs. I thought that could have made a better connection to bring the eating disorder back again because I think she says that soccer was the whole reason why her eating disorder started in the first place. I liked, I liked that too. I thought it was a good way to kind of introduce something like that because I, I feel like when they do an eating disorder, a lot of the times it's like, I want to meet the standards of beauty. Whereas in her case, it was, I need to be thinner so I can run faster and be more fit and like be more successful in sports, which there are so many sports that are so bad for you. Wrestling is absolutely ridiculous, which we don't talk about enough, but I think that would have been a really great writing. Jasper, I feel like you should have written that in there because I didn't even think about, they easily could have just done that and left the oxy thing out, which was, I don't know. I always wonder if like, I talked about this last episode, but the time that things were happening when the season was coming out, like was oxy a big thing going on in Canada? Like what was the popularity behind it? Because eating disorder would have been a good tie back. Yeah, I don't know if Oxy was a big drug in 2011, but I think they just wanted to do like a drug abuse, even though they just kind of did it with Katie or or with Anya, I mean. Yeah, do you want to do you want to move into the drug abuse thing? Yeah, sure. Because whether it was an eating disorder or a drug abuse thing, I did like the sports aspect of it because like you said that is kind of something that isn't talked about too much with respect to eating disorders and things like that, especially in high school. Like I, I remember I had a few straight male friends in high school and some of them were on the wrestling team and they like literally had to starve themselves for days before matches. And yep. that, that's encouraged by the coaches. So sports is definitely a big eating disorder type of thing that I really appreciate that Degrassi brought that in, even if they didn't go the eating disorder route, they went for the drug route. Yeah, the wrestling thing is ridiculous because it's so true. But yeah, sports, again, like I'm not a sports person. You are not a huge sports person, but I feel like we didn't really need to know a lot about the sports. We've never really seen soccer on Degrassi, which was kind of fun. Like it's a lot of football, there's a lot of basketball, um, as we know, hockey comes in, but like, I kind of like the soccer. I feel like that was, that was kind of fun. Yeah. I think Spinner played soccer in like one episode. Oh, <laughs> oh, Spinner. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did like the soccer thing too. Going back to the drug abuse thing, when I was rewatching it, when she was first feeling like her knee was really hurting, she mentioned this was around the time where my mom started to kind of get sick I forget exactly what her mom has do you remember she has MS MS okay yeah so I could see the fear in her from that point of view like I think she the reason she was so nervous was because she thought she was getting that and that probably amped up the drug thing yes I definitely liked the mom aspect of it because you're right it does increase her fear that like this injury could be more than just an injury and I did I do like 
the disability representation of the mom as well. Because Yeah, finally. Because Maya's mom continues to be on for forever, even if they switch the actresses out. <laughs> um, they do? Yeah. Maya's, Maya's mom, after I think season 11, is younger. All right, I'm gonna have to watch. I, for some reason, I'm always like, that. she's blonde. Like, that's why I just, I'm the worst. Okay. Blonde and old, they're the same. Yeah, that's literally what I was thinking. Okay. But yeah, I did, I did like the, that aspect. And I thought it did justify the drug use more rather than using the eating disorder aspect. Mm -hmm. I, I know this kind of ties into Bianca, so we don't have to talk about it that much yet, but her using Bianca to get more drugs really just showed where she was at, I think, with her addiction, because the fact that she used Bianca and then not even like Bianca had that connection. Like she just used Bianca to get the fake IDs to like go out and like totally tricked her. And like, I didn't even think, did you even think that she had the intentions of buying drugs? A little bit, yes. What? How did I miss that? Okay, I'm just embarrassed then. She's, she's complaining that whole episode. Like my knee hurts, my doctor won't give me drugs. Bianca, how do you get your connects? Wink, wink. <laughs> I know, and poor Bianca's like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, like, Katie was terrible that episode because she blames Bianca. She's like, you pointed him out to me. And like, no, she didn't, you lying bitch. <laughs> no, that just shows the, that just shows the addiction part of it. Like, she's willing to screw Bianca over just to get drugs. Yes. I would say that's definitely, that had to be Katie's lowest point. Yes, I completely agree. And then her, like, quote-unquote overdose, I don't really know. Like, they say it was an overdose. She was pretty alive and well. Not well, but, like, she was there when Bianca dropped her off at the house. But that was just so... It was sad. I was kind of sad at the end. Like, Katie was started off the season so well and, like, was a little perfect and just even though she wasn't that perfect, you know, she had an eating disorder, but she was still writing the paper. She was still doing it all. And then it was just like, boom, she ends up rehab. I was like, what? This is one season. Let this girl at least like have something. Yeah. I was thinking about this and how basically the whole season is the devolution of Katie. Like she, she starts off, like you said, Miss Perfect uh, school president. And then she struggles with her eating disorder coming back. She has her whole knee thing and then drug abuse and then at the end, she goes to rehab. So, yeah, I thought it was just the whole breaking down of her character, which I thought was super interesting. Yeah, I feel like we didn't, they didn't set us up to know her well enough for us to be like, this would never happen. So I think that's why they did it. Because like, I feel like, could you imagine if Claire got addicted to Oxy? Everyone would be like, what? <laughs> what? Where did that, you know? But Katie was, Katie they set up to do whatever they wanted because we didn't know her yet. Yes, that's a good point. But I do, I do think it worked well. Yeah, I love Katie. I thought, I love her actress. I think that she is so interesting. Like, I think she was one of my favorite first season introduction, like, characters because she wasn't cringy. Like, there was never a single point where I was like, oh my god, don't do that. You know, like, she was pretty good. Yeah, I, w I will say I like her more in season 12 
but I do like her overall character progression. Even again, in two seasons, she does so much and it's pretty impressive. Yes. All right. I guess that kind of ends with our Katie is an overall character discussion. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad that you like her though. Yes. I I like her a lot. I do, again, I do wish they did more with both the eating disorder and the drug abuse because they don't, especially the eating disorder doesn't come back, but I don't think the drug abuse really is relevant in season 12 either. I'll keep an eye out for that. I'm surprised. They don't even talk about her being in rehab. I think in the first episode, she's back from rehab, but then that's kind of it. Okay. Okay. So let's get into Katie and Drew. All right. So you've said that you like them as a couple, right? Yeah. And I stick with it. Even rewatching it, I still like them. Why? (laughs) Well, asking the real question. Um, I think that they both needed each other during this time period and they kind of found somebody who relates and they were not as much of a negative impact on each other as like Casey and Jenna like Jenna hitting Casey with the guitar like we you know like we don't see that we kind of see Drew dealing with a lot of the shit his shit going on and Katie being like let's find a healthier way to cope like I it wasn't her job to take it on like I think she kind of started it because she liked him but like Drew really wasn't super interested at first so I feel like that was kind of a nice like she really worked with the friends part of it first and then they finally kind of dated and then when she was going through her drug thing he wasn't really seeing it as much but I feel like him helping her practice with the sports like I just liked them for each other during that season. I do like how they supported each other I agree with that but I guess I just don't see the chemistry between them too much. It does take a while for it to get there. And I think it was a lot of it had to do with Drew and his PTSD, just not really letting him get to that point with Katie. And then when he finally does, like Marisol's the worst and he doesn't really know how to balance Katie and Marisol's friendship. Cause he's like, I want to be with Katie, but I hate Marisol because Marisol, you know, just told the entire school, my girlfriend has an eating disorder when she does, which is even worse. And I think that kind of sets them back a little bit. And then you jump right into Bianca coming back. I think the chemistry aspect of it is also that we compare it to Drew and Bianca, where they have so many opening scenes with them making out. I know we're going to talk about it, but like there were multiple opening scenes of episodes where Drew and Bianca were just like making out and it was too much. (laughs) And then we see like Drew and Katie who like don't really do much. I guess that's true. But even just them talking to each other. I'm just like, why do they really like each other? I think they're all, they're both very pretty. I think that kind of doesn't hurt. I think they are both very pretty people. And that creates a relationship? (laughs) No, but it doesn't hurt. (laughs) I don't know if there's also the part of maybe Katie kind of saw Drew as like a I want to fix you type of scenario. That was definitely part of it because she could have just gotten her newspaper story with the Fight Club and peaced out, but then she wanted to get involved in his life and help out. So the fixing him aspect was definitely there, but that's not a good basis for a relationship. Oh no, it's never a good one. 
So I guess my question for you is, do you like them? <laughs> and why? I don't like them as a couple. Okay, why not? Like, again, the, the chemistry, I just don't see it. Again, Kate, the whole mischaracterization of Katie, like, being no drama, and then she gets involved with Drew. So it's like, why does she even like him in the first place? He has a mysterious past. Let me find out and let me fix him. But then why does, why does Drew like Katie? Because she's pretty and she likes him, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure he looks at her and is like, she is not drama. I think there's also the part of it that he thinks that she's good for him. Because Bianca was just so not good for him because of what she brought to like his not like her personally but like with all the gang stuff I think he was just looking for normal okay I I like that and then Katie also helped him with the whole fight club thing so I could definitely see him associating positive feelings towards Katie but I don't know Katie was just so jealous all the time of everything that Drew did. Like, I just didn't really like them as a couple. I can kind of understand her jealousy, though, from a point, because she doesn't really know the backstory behind Bianca and Drew besides the boiler room, you know? Like, that was really, because she even mentions it, I think, at some point, or, like, brings it up with Bianca. So I'm sure that doesn't give Bianca a good rap, and him asking Katie to be friends with Bianca is kind of a weird expectation in a relationship. Be like, hey, you need to be friends with my ex because she's in danger of a gang. And Katie's like, I hate drama, but I'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. When Drew did explain the situation, though, Katie was being kind of unnecessarily petty. Because Drew is being very sincere and saying Bianca really needs help with this stuff. And Katie's just like, she's going to steal you away. I'm like, I'm more important than her life being in danger. And I, I didn't like that. I don't want to be that guy, but like, what ends up happening? Bianca, Bianca steals <laughs> Drew away. <laughs> I, I did want to point that out, how Katie was very, very jealous, but her jealousy ended up being valid. So I, I will give her that. I'm saying, girls, no. We know. <laughs> Plus, Bianca's beautiful. Like, they even show her when she's, like, eating an apple in his house, and he's like, oh, when you're under the, the blankets when we watch the scary movies, and Katie's like, what the, this girl's living in my boyfriend's house, like, the, and she looks like that, and they watch scary movies together, and Katie, like, wears button-ups for fun. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I definitely understand Katie's concern, but it just shows how insecure their relationship was. It shows the insecurity of the relationship, and it also shows how insecure with herself she still is. Yes, but sure. definitely I blame more the insecurity of their relationship because it Drew does end up cheating on her. So I, I blame Drew more than I blame her insecurities. Who doesn't Drew cheat on? Bianca? <laughs> uh, I'm thinking in like season 13 and 14 where he like dates three different people. We'll get, we'll, 
<laughs> Drew is a hot mess. Drew is a little dumb, but he's cute, so it works. One thing I will give Katie and Drew, though, is the whole, like, prom sex plot. I thought that was pretty cute with Katie being shy about sex and then Drew just wanted her to meet his mom. I thought that was pretty cute. That was cute. I really wanted to slap Marisol for doing this again to Katie. Like, she just accepted you back as a friend and now you're like, oh, you're going to prom together? Oh, you're going to have sex. <laughs> and Katie was like, excuse, like, what? I did like that. I, Because it, it is, it kind of showed that Drew has a reputation, even if we aren't hearing about it. Yeah, because the boiler room just does not go away. Never, never goes away. <laughs> so, I don't really blame Marisol for that, just because from Drew's reputation, I don't think it would be unfounded that he would want to have sex on prom night, even though knowing Drew as viewers, we know that he is also a virgin at this point. <laughs> What did you think about them doing this plot, like, pretty much following the Dave and Allie sex plot? It was pretty close in the episodes. I was kind of shocked that they did one where, where Adam was like, oh, you know what that means. Like, you're going to have sex. And Dave was like, what? And then Marisol was like, oh, you know what that means. You're going to have sex. And Katie's like, what? And the both, it's just, why did we repeat that? I liked it better personally with Katie than I did with Allie and... Dave because I thought that was just stupid but <laughs> I don't know I don't know what you think well specifically the Katie episode occurs in the graduation episode which I didn't like because it took a plot away from a senior when the seniors were leaving and Katie was going to be continuing yeah you know what I noticed that too because it was very short-lived it was like a one episode plot, right? Like yeah. there, it was kind of weird because it just ended and then it went to like the seniors and I was like, what is, why did you include this? Yeah, it was, it was a one-off plot that they put in a graduation episode where some characters will be leaving the show forever. So I didn't like it from that point, even if just looking at that plot itself, I like it. I didn't even think, I, I like realized it, but I didn't think much about it. I'm glad that you brought that up. Anything else for Katie? I'm just, I'm, I'm glad she was added to the show. She, she, I love her. I love Katie. Yeah. And like I said, I like her more in season 12, but in order for that to happen, she needs to have her downfall in season 11. So I really appreciate the buildup to the downfall. You know what? That's a great point. I didn't realize they had her downfall, so now we can really like her after you. Yeah, because she does kind of do kind of a switch in season 12 with her goth hair and stuff. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, I'm so excited. I love goth Katie. Okay. Yeah, season 12 is going to be a good one. So now on to Drew and Bianca. Yes, let's do it. Okay. So these two, my God. Okay. So... Season starts off for them with a bang where they go to the Kiki Palmer concert and Bianca's ex-boyfriend slash gang member tries to rape her in an alley and Drew comes to the rescue and Bianca ends up killing him. But then they like leave Bianca's bracelet in the alley by accident and Vince finds it and blackmails Drew and Bianca 
into shooting somebody. We don't know who it was supposed to be. But then he hands in the, the gun to a police officer and they kind of change their story such that Drew was the one who killed him while he was trying to rape Bianca so that Bianca would not get in as much trouble because Bianca kind of has a record at this point and especially being less privileged than Drew is, she definitely would have like had much harsher consequences. So then with that lie, the legal aspect of the whole killing thing goes away pretty quickly. But then from that, Drew is, becomes incredibly paranoid that Vince and the gang is gonna come for him, which leads Bianca to kind of go to Vince and confront him to try and get him to lay off. So Vince ends up threatening Drew unless Bianca has sex with him, which we're going to talk about this, but this was rape. So Bianca gets raped and instead Vince sends some people to beat up Drew and Drew breaks up with Bianca because he associates her too much with this whole situation and he can't deal with it. Drew gets beat up and he's out for a little bit. But then when he comes back, he is trying to transfer school so that he gets away from the gang. But that really wouldn't be an answer because he's dealing with a lot of PTSD. And he ends up meeting up with Owen and I believe his name is Julian. They like make a fight club and that kind of gets Drew to ignore his PTSD for a little bit. And then that goes on for a little bit. But then Katie, like, like we talked about, shuts down the fight club. So Drew starts getting involved in illegal cage matches where he like, does he get a concussion here? He definitely gets his head hit. Um, no, I feel like the concussion thing was when he got beat up from the gang, like the group. Maybe it was the combination of both. But yeah, he, he gets hurt. <laughs> um, and then Katie convinces him to not do illegal cage matches anymore and instead do some karate. So then him and Katie get together and they do all the Katie things that we just talked about. But at the same time, we go back to Bianca where she is kind of fully involved in the gang at this point and she is being forced into a relationship with Vince and he's forcing her to sell drugs at Degrassi. So she kind of finds a friend in Imogen where she gets to confide in Imogen about how terrible her boyfriend is. And they have a bit of a confrontation because Bianca steals some money from Imogen, but they, they make up, which is pretty cute. And that kind of just gives us an insight into how Bianca is doing in the gang. So then from there, Drew and Bianca reconnect at, I think it's freshman orientation for the next year. And Drew finds out about Bianca's horrible situation. So he tries to help her out. He invites her to prom so that she has a safe place to be for the night. He kind of gets Katie on board, but not really. <laughs> and then he is an idiot and confronts Vince himself and basically tells Vince that him and Bianca have been hanging out, which is exactly what Vince told Bianca not to do. <laughs> so dumb. Which convinces Vince to come and shoot up from and gets Adam shot 
which like we talked about with Adam was completely inconsequential. But then Drew ends up convincing Bianca to kind of stop the whole cycle of violence that's been happening and kind of tell the truth about Vince and the whole gang and stuff. So I think Bianca does get arrested, but then the Torres family helps her out with lawyers and legal things that we don't really get much detail about. So then from there, that's the end of the school year. So then there's the time skip to the second half of the season where we find out that Bianca, like we talked about, has been hanging out with at the Torres house a lot, which makes Katie very jealous. Drew and Bianca are getting closer, I guess you could say. So then a bit into the second half of the season, we get Bianca's perspective about how she's been doing. She's been going to school more often than she has been. She's doing well at school, even though she, what is it, her parole officer comes in? Yeah. And then Bianca is really trying to do well for herself. But then things kind of go to shit when Katie uses her to get drugs. And that kind of sends Bianca on kind of a self-deprecating kind of path for a little bit where she's like, I can't do anything right. It would be better if I disappear. And Audra, the queen that she is, kind of helps her out and goes to Bianca's parent-teacher conference. And it's like a cute little family with Audra, Adam, Drew, and Bianca. And I love it so much. And at the same time, Drew and Bianca kiss because Drew is not happy with Katie anymore. So he kisses Bianca. And then he's like, I want to be with you, Bianca. But then Bianca, the queen that she is, sacrifices her happiness so that Katie could get better with her drug thing by telling Katie that Drew will be there for her. And that's kind of how the season ends for this whole trio with Bianca saying, Drew, you need to be there for Katie. I don't matter right now. Bianca's a hero. Okay. I just want to start with the fact that I really have no idea where Degrassi felt like a gang plot this intense was something that people could relate to. I really, it was a lot. Like, thinking about all the shit that Drew went through in, like, that short period of time, and then also on top of Adam getting shot (laughs) because of him is absolutely ridiculous. But it's memorable season for him. I always, you know, it's always like, oh, remember when Drew was in in a gang for like a second? That's (laughs) crazy. Comparing the gang plots in season 11 versus season 14 with, which involves Zig and Tiny and then Maya kind of gets involved. I think season 14 was much more realistic than season 11. But I do appreciate season 11 somewhat even though I don't like it as much. Just because, I don't know, I love how Degrassi is so realistic, but occasionally I do like kind of the over-dramatized aspects. I think everything that Drew did, every action that Drew had through the entire season was completely fair for what he was going through. And I feel like that was something that I was really impressed with them acknowledging the PTSD, him trying to find something to protect himself because, like, there really was nothing else that can be done. I think that it was very high intensity (laughs) with all the, what was going on. 
exactly. Like, the, the problem I have with season 11's gang plot is that it's almost entirely from Drew's perspective. So Drew is privileged white boy and he gets embroiled in this whole gang stuff, which I feel like that only happens on TV where the privileged boy gets involved in things. Whereas characters like Bianca who are less privileged, they're the characters who in real life would actually be dealing with this stuff. So I didn't like how Drew was basically the face of this gang plot because in real life, he wouldn't be the one who's actually dealing with it. And it kind of made it anti-Bianca, a lot of it. Like, it was very much, it's all Bianca's fault. Bianca's from a bad, some, we don't know any backstory about Bianca, we'll get there, but Bianca's life is bad, and, like, because of that, she's involved in the gang stuff, and, like, it's her fault for bringing in, in a nice white boy Drew, who now has to deal with PTSD, where, like, Bianca has to deal with this shit for, like, her entire life, and for the entire season on her side, with her with Vince, it's very much they're both dealing with it, but you're right, it is from Drew's point of view, and how it's affecting him, when we don't even really get to see how it's affecting Bianca, because she's kind of just like, I have to deal with it. Exactly. Like, they do villainize Bianca for a lot of it, on Drew's end. Before he finds out what Bianca's going through, he's like, oh, Bianca is, has it out for me. She's dating Vince, so she is coming for me. So he kind of has built up this narrative in his head that Bianca is this terrible person because she has a, a bad background, which wasn't really fair. I do like how they addressed that and showed how Bianca was really not at fault in any of this. But I guess that is kind of how things go. So it was good to show it, but I didn't like it. <laughs> I think they should have had Casey pop back in again when Drew was like, why would Bianca even do orientation? This is ridiculous. And then Casey be like, not everybody is <laughs> as privileged as you, Drew. Get your head out of your ass. Oh, right. Because he, Casey did give him a slap in the face that one, that one time. I forgot about that. Yeah, thank, like, somebody needs to be there and be like, Drew, Drew is, he is, like, the first thing is that he's dumb, and then the second thing is once he gets good information, he can turn it around. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think they, they could have and should have gone more into the whole socioeconomic difference between Drew and Bianca, and that, that is how they're being affected so differently from this whole situation. They, they allude to it a little bit, but I think they definitely should have gone more into it. Oh, I 100% agree. I don't know if we, when we want to talk about the fact that they don't address Bianca's background or anything about her at all. Like, she's kind of just introduced as this, like, scandalous girl who wears, like, tall boots and, like, short, I don't know, nothing. She wears a uniform. Like, she looks like everybody else. But... And then they kind of are just like, she's involved in all these bad things. But we, again, we don't know what led up to this point. Like, why is she living with, was it her aunt? Yes. Like, why is she living with her aunt? Like, what is causing her to be involved in these things? Like, why is nobody trying to help her? I don't really, I don't know why they really did her that dirty. Do they just not want to give her more background so that we would be like, boo, Bianca? 
Yeah, I don't know, because, again, Bianca should have been the face of this whole gang storyline. And we don't know why she's living with her aunt. I think in that one episode, she says that she's been living with her aunt for five years, and her aunt is pretty neglectful, too, in the one scene that we see her in. So it's just, like, Bianca has such great character development, but most of it happens off screen. Yeah. Yeah, she really does kind of, I mean, she turns it around at the end, obviously, but with the help of Audra. Yes. But before we go fully into Bianca, I wanted to talk about the gang plot itself, like the specific events that happen. Okay. Because aside from the whole, like, Drew is the point of view character of it, I thought it was pretty unrealistic that this gang would have it out for Drew in the first place. Because even Vince says, like, this guy who you killed meant nothing to me. So, like, why does he care so much? Why does he have such a big vendetta against high schoolers? I don't know. I think they spent a lot of time kind of stereotyping people and what they think this would be. Like, they think these grown adults are trying to push drugs in schools, when in reality it's like, kids who just sell weed because they want like money I don't know you know what I mean like it's not like there is not usually gang connections to the weed that's being sold and involved in this kind of thing yeah like why does Vince care so much how old is Vince what is happening leave them alone because especially again going back to the socioeconomic thing Vince is a black man who it's assumed that he's like not in the greatest financial situation, I guess. Especially, we do find that out when we meet Tiny later on. But being from such not a great background, like, it doesn't make sense that he would go after a privileged white boy because that does not end well for Black men. So. No. And it also doesn't make sense that he is trying to sleep with a high school girl, that he shows up to a high school dance and shoots someone, like, how is this guy already not in jail? How is he not caught? He hangs out at the high school. Mm-hmm. But I also, what blows my mind is the fact that he tries to respect the restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> out of all the things that are going on, you're like, mm, can't come that close. Got a restraining order. It's like, that's what's not shooting somebody? Like, that's it? <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of what took me out of the plot overall. Just because... Vince is a great villain, but yes. it, it draws me out of the realism that they were trying to go for a little bit with, like, all these details that we're talking about that are wrong with this plot. Yeah, I don't know exactly what could have fixed it. I think once they were in, they were in, like, you're already doing a gang plot, you can kind of do whatever you want because nobody really does that <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so I think the highlights of the gang plot is how it affects both Drew and Bianca. Because PSD is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean like it's in a good like they did a good job. Yes. So Drew's PTSD I thought was pretty well done and then Bianca's growth from it was also very well done. That that's why I cut the gang plot some slack because even though the events themselves are kind of dumb and stupid, how they develop the characters from it works well. 
I wish that they got rid of Vince and ended it where they didn't need somebody to shoot up the school. I think that they easily could have had Drew get the shit kicked out of him, had Drew do the cage thing, had Drew meet Katie and do the karate, and then kind of just keep Drew out of it. I, I mean, I understand how it ties to Bianca. I just wish it was done. I don't know. I did not want Vince around anymore. So it was very long. Yes, it was, it was that whole part, half of the season. But do you want to get more into both Drew's PTSD and then Bianca? Yes. I was kind of disappointed that everybody was acknowledging the PTSD, but doing nothing to help Drew. Yeah. They didn't didn't get him therapy or anything. Like, everyone was like, oh, we'll just move you to a different school. No, get the kid some help. (laughs) Yeah, I think Audra was saying how they were going to look for a therapist, but then when Drew starts the fight club, he's like, no, I'm fine. Yeah, but come on, you know, you're like, is your kid really fine after like one day? No. Yeah, so definitely they shouldn't have gotten him therapy because they also believe that Drew killed somebody. Like even even though it was Bianca who killed him, yep. everyone thinks that it's Drew who did it. Yeah. So I feel like just that aspect of believing that your son killed somebody, you need to get them help. Even if it was self-defense, which it completely was, like, that's, that's really dark stuff, and you need to, like, take care of your child. That's such a good point. How do we just, like, look past, like, oops, Drew killed someone. Anyway, that's it. Restraining order. <laughs> yeah, like, it's wild. But, yeah, I did like the, the whole PTSD. The cage match stuff was a bit weird because it's just kind of there, and then it's not. I understand that he's trying to fight. He wants to be put in a position where he was last time, but, like, win. That's really what it was. And the only way that he could do that is through the cage fighting. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I know people who do MMA stuff, so I guess it's not super unrealistic for me. Because, like, people do like to do this for fun. And I'm like, all right, sure. Join a boxing gym. Why do you need to go to, like, a street street fight? I don't know. Drew was not okay at that point. I loved when they showed up to the cage match and Owen was like, mm, absolutely not. And then just, like, was. Like, when Owen says no, that means you get out of there. <laughs> the one thing about the PTSD, though, is that pretty much once he finds his healthy outlet with karate, it's kind of gone. Because even when Vince comes back, he's not really triggered again. He felt ready, I think, from all the fighting and everything. Like, he felt like he would be able to handle Vince, but I don't think he anticipated the gun. Yes. I can understand feeling ready, but I feel like once you actually get into the situation, how you feel isn't necessarily how you will actually act. So I feel like they could have brought back the PTSD just a little bit, have him be a little scared of Vince when he like goes to confront him for coffee. Let's talk about that. That was the dumbest thing Drew's done in all of Degrassi. It really was. It really was. Because <laughs> you know this guy has it out for you and you're taunting him 
Like, I, oh, what? Okay, I was fine with it until he took the call from Bianca. Yes. <laughs> we were. I think everybody watching it was like, "Oh, come on." Drew, you are a dumbass. <laughs> that was that was bad. I don't really understand what. I mean, I get that he was trying to be like back off, and I who knows if Vince actually was going to back off. I part of me did kind of believe for a minute that it could have worked, but who knows? Vince could have just been like, "All right, you come approach me. I guess we'll just we'll see how that goes." But he also told them where they were going to be that night. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that whole part was just makes me mad, and I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Same. Ugh. But yeah, overall, I did like Drew's PTSD. I, I do think, though, that it should have come back. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm kind of happy it didn't come back. It was just really sad to watch. So I was happy that he was in a better place. Yes, for sure. And I will say that the fight with Vince at prom was pretty cool. <laughs> it was so, I was like, finally, Drew gets his ass kicked in everything, and he finally won. <laughs> so let's go into Bianca now. So, like I said in the summary, Bianca was literally raped by Vince that one time, and then pretty much any other time that she had sex with Vince would have been rape. So Bianca was literally a slave, like she said, which is really awful to think about. And I don't really think they addressed the severity of that with Bianca. No, they did not. I could not believe this. Like, her talking to Imogen about her relationship and how she's unhappy. And Imogen's like, what, 15, 16? She's like, yeah, like, I totally get it. Like, my boyfriend at the time wasn't great. And, you know, he kind of is a little bipolar. And, I mean, he didn't hurt me or anything, but we're good. And then Bianca's literally living, like, the worst life ever. I just want to call the police every time I see her. I know. Which is, again, why Bianca should have been the main character of this, to really show how awful and terrible it was. Because we only get that the, those small glimpse where, like, Vince is hitting her. Uh, all Every single thing that Bianca had to go through broke my heart. I know. There's just... There was no reason like why they could have even turned it into she's in an abusive relationship let's talk about it yeah it doesn't have to be like gang 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 all the time it could be vince is abusive towards bianca why is nobody helping her i guess she doesn't really have any other friends like i don't know yeah like her home life is bad so it it does show how people in such bad situations like Bianca's could get roiled up and all this stuff. But again, they did not go far enough with it to give it the attention that it deserved. No, but her growth is like the best character development on Degrassi. Absolutely. Like, the other problem I have with the gang stuff is that it really doesn't have a lasting impact on anything, really. Like, Adam getting shot has no effect. Drew's PTSD doesn't come back. And then the gang stuff doesn't get brought up again. But Bianca's growth from it is the highlight of the gang stuff. 
but yeah. but it sucks that it's again it mostly happens off screen yeah it does because they there were parts towards the end where i really thought they were going to go more into bianca but then they just like they gave her that little bit at the end where she you know was with the parole officer and then she is like audra and all that but they really could have done more like there was no need to focus as much on jenna and casey <laughs> sorry i know <laughs> but <laughs> like bianca deserved more than what drew like drew got so much yes absolutely because the name of the episode is Hollow Batgirl. It's it's the episode where, you know the episode I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like, that might be my favorite episode of season 11. I can definitely see it. Oh. It's such a good character analysis into Bianca because it's it's really juxtaposing where Bianca was in season 10 with, like, the bad girl with who she wants to be now with being more responsible and like taking care of the people that she loves and taking care of herself and the struggle between those very different identities because there's the there's the one line that she has where she i think it's right after she kisses drew and she says this whole good girl thing is a joke it was so sad for me to hear her say that because like you know she's trying so so hard but she just keeps getting torn down at every every turn and it, I hate it and she really doesn't believe in herself a lot of the time even though she she does believe in herself but she needs somebody else to believe in her which she doesn't have that support system at this point that was a line that she kept repeating that made me so sad she's like I just need one person just one and they're all like nope and then she's like oh, come on yeah, it reminded me of that Lady Gaga meme. <laughs> it's like, do you know it? It's, there could be a hundred people in the room and 99 of them don't believe in you, but all you need is that one person. Aw, Bianca. That whole episode, Hollow Batgirl for Bianca, I'm just like on the verge of tears the whole time. Bianca, I think what I liked about her development as well is that she is trying so hard to be a good person that she doesn't know that she's like doing the wrong things to do that so for example is when she's staying with Vince to protect Drew she's like I'm doing the right thing and she just doesn't know that that is not the right thing the right thing would be to call the police and be like this man is abusing me but she thinks that what she is doing is the right thing. And like, even though it is protecting Drew, it's just not the right thing for her. Well, but also, this is also bringing like current events with the whole police thing. But like, the police wouldn't help Bianca is the whole issue. Because Bianca is from the wrong side of the tracks. So the police wouldn't even help her. Oh, that makes me even sadder. And like she said, like, she was forced to do bad things as well. So with Bianca's whole background, the little that we know of it, she could not be certain that the police would help her. And I don't think that they would either without the help of Drew and Audra. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's true. So disappointing. Uh, I just feel so much for Bianca in this season. 
and I just wish there was more of her. I have a question about Bianca I wanted to ask you. Why do you think Bianca felt like she owed Drew all this forgive? Like, there was a point in the beginning where Bianca felt like she owed it to Drew to earn his forgiveness. For the whole killing thing? Yeah, and I don't know why. Like, there's a lot where she's like, I know you're going through a lot, and, like, I'm trying to make this up to you, and I'm trying to... I'm like, why is that your job to make it up to Drew? It's because Drew took the fall for her. I guess, but, like, that isn't something that she would owe him anything for. Like, he just did did the thing that made the most sense in the moment. So... What I'm thinking is, from Bianca's perspective, she would have gone to jail if Drew didn't say that he killed the guy. Yeah. And now she feels guilty that Drew has all this PTSD now because of something that she kind of brought into his life, even though it really was not her fault at all. Okay. I just don't like that Drew is set on blaming her and she feels like it's her job to make him not blame her anymore. For sure. Like, Bianca's just too good for this world. (laughs) We are the Bianca fan club. Yes. I wanted to show, like, literally, again, I keep talking about how great this Bianca episode was, (laughs) but I wanted to show the scene with Bianca and Audra where... Yay! Where Bianca, like, approaches Audra about... Like, she wants to leave and stop causing trouble for the family. Um, Because it really shows, like, again, the dichotomy of old Bianca versus new Bianca and Bianca trying so hard to do the right thing. But it's so hard for her to do. Hey. We have a front door, you know. Sorry. Habit. The guys are out picking up dinner. That's fine. I came to see you. Oh, everything okay? I wanted to officially thank you for helping me after everything that happened at prom, giving me a summer job and paying for my lawyers. It'll take me a while to come up with the money, but I'm gonna have this bracelet made for you. You helped me out of a dark place, and I hate that I could never fully repay you for that. But I can stay away from your family from now on, so that's what I'm gonna do. Why? I just don't want any of you to get hurt again because of me. But before I disappear, I just want you to know how awesome you are. Nobody in the world had more reasons not to believe in me, but you still did. Well, I uh, certainly can't tell you what to do, but I don't think you should disappear. Come here. I love it so much. Like, like we talked about how Bianca has been searching for kind of one person to believe in her, and that person is Audra. 
which I love so much because we know that her home life with her aunt is awful. So Audra is basically the first positive adult figure that she's had in years. She is the best thing that comes out of Bianca knowing Drew. Absolutely. Because it also gets character growth for Audra because Audra was awful to Bianca from day one, but then helping her out and like seeing Bianca's perspective really helps Audra grow as a person too. Yeah, I loved it. I was happy that Degrassi didn't go with her trying to find a teacher that's somebody in her life that believes in her. Like, I'm really glad it was a parent. And like, the whole, like, I think I mentioned this in the summary, but the whole family of Drew, Bianca, Audra, and Adam is just so pure. Like, the, the one scene where Adam is like, Mom, you finally got the daughter you always wanted. <laughs> so oh like, I love that. And, and then Audra invites them all for ice cream and is like, Bianca, you're coming too, obviously. <laughs> I'm like, I love it so much. And I think it was so important for them to build that up as she was not dating Drew. I think that it really needed to happen on its own because it kind of fell into place where Audra was never going to like Bianca being Drew's girlfriend because she caused, quote unquote, caused all this stuff in Drew's life. Uh, it really made her like her outside of it, which kind of sets tone for when they do get together. And it's like, finally okay. Yes, exactly. Bianca has kind of been searching for maybe not a family, but just like a place to belong. Probably, I, I guess you could say since day one, even if it wasn't super apparent. And she found that place with Drew initially when they first started dating, but then all the nonsense happened with the gang and she lost that, but now she has an actual family. Yes. You know what scene really stood out to me when I was rewatching was when she goes to prom and she stands up when Adam comes over and then they dance together. Yes, and then Bianca apologizes for what happened in season 10 between them. She's like, wow, we would have been such good dancers if I didn't screw that up. Yeah, I loved it because it's Bianca taking accountability for one thing and like it's making like these great connections for her. It's showing how she's growing as a person. Oh, I just, I love it so much. <laughs> I do too. And I think what's also what makes her and Drew getting back together a little more realistic is that they didn't break up because they didn't love each other anymore. They broke up because of everything that had been going on, like just really kind of changed them as people in a different direction. But I wish they brought them back together in a better way. Like, I'm so sad that Bianca at first was like, no, because I'm like, finally, Bianca gets to be happy. But then she was like, no, like, I'm gonna wait because Katie needs you more. And I was like, are you freaking kidding, Bianca? You're amazing. But that is so big of Bianca to do. Like, I'm so proud of her for doing that. Yeah, because before she was, like, texting Drew pictures of her when he was, had a girlfriend. And now she's like, I don't want to be that girl. Yeah, it's like, it's such a great juxtaposition between Drew Alley and Drew Katie. Because Bianca is the third woman in both relationships. But it's just a testament to how Bianca has changed into how she's approaching each situation. Yes, uh, love it. I did want to talk about how, like, Drew, Drew's kind of switch from Katie to Bianca. Because Drew tells us that, like, he's 
kind of bored of Katie and he doesn't like her anymore. But we don't really ever see that happening. He just kind of, it just kind of switches like that. And he's on Bianca now, which I thought was kind of weird. It's funny that you said that because when I brought it up earlier, I was, when we were talking about rewatching and just going over points and I was like at what point does Drew actually like Bianca again and you're like they literally don't show that and I was like oh right <laughs> I'm like okay yeah because Drew was so supportive during all of Katie's stuff with the eating disorder and the drugs and the surgery so it's never really even implied that Drew was losing interest he's just being a supportive boyfriend like, I can understand that, like, he's kind of getting tired of all the stuff that Katie's going through, but we're not really shown that. I also was kind of shocked about that because, as we talked about with their relationship, they really built, it really got built up on support. And then when she needs him the most and being in rehab, he's like, mm, I'm out. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, like, they kind of make Drew an asshole here that he's like, yeah, Katie's about to go to rehab, but I'm going to break up with her anyway. See, that's where maybe there wasn't as much of a connection as I originally thought. That, that had me doubting, like, was he only seeing Katie because she liked him? I don't know. Yeah. I would like to think that it wasn't that, but also the way that they ended does not make me feel like he actually liked her that much. Yeah. So the, their actual breakup in the beginning of season 12 was very controversial. So we're, we're going to have to talk about that. And I don't think now is the right time. But yeah, I think definitely here, Drew is not being the best guy around. <laughs> and I can understand if they were trying to build up Bianca and Drew in the background a little bit, but they weren't. Like there really was, there was Katie's jealousy but there was no Drew proving Katie right until that point. Yeah, it was pretty much just Bianca is hanging around the Taurus house a lot. Yeah. That's really it. And they've, they've been watching scary movies. Yeah. But overall, I am so glad that they got back together because, did I say this? I, I, said, I said Drew and Katie don't have chemistry, but Drew and Bianca have so much chemistry. Yeah, they're always making out and doing. They're they are a very chemistry filled couple. I think that they definitely do that on Degrassi with characters that are gonna last long in the relationships. Like I would think Eli and Claire had some good chemistry going on. Like there was a lot of build up with them. Allie and Drew had zip. <laughs> like so, we knew that wasn't gonna last very long. Jenna and Casey were like barely together outside of the baby thing. So. Yeah, I think when they build up chemistry like that, you are obviously going to have them get back together. Yeah, and it's, it's just so great to see them get together after everything that happened this season. Yes, growth brings back people. I love it. Oh, I love Bianca. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, she's going to have a good season next season, right? I mean, she gets engaged. Stop. Oh my god, I forgot. Okay, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah any, anything else for Drew, Bianca, or Katie? I have nothing. Do you want to just review what you thought of season 11 in general? Yeah. So season 11 is a little weird to me just because the two halves of the season it's very unique for Degrassi in that it's the only season where it shows multiple school years in the season. 
So the fact that half the cast leaves midway through and then you get introduced to new characters midway through is very weird. And it kind of prevents you from having those season long arcs that is kind of the point of these podcasts. But I do think the season works better than I used to think it did. Because I used to kind of think that like season 11 is not as great as season 10, which is true, but my opinion of it has increased after doing this rewatch. Okay, so kind of on that, I think that I liked how they did the split a little bit better because it gave you more characters to follow. Because usually they have, when they keep like the one year, like you're stuck with those characters unless somebody new moves in. Where like this year, they kind of flopped out the seniors and then they brought in the freshmen, which I thought was kind of interesting. Also, Sav and them have been around for so long that I was like, I need a break. They were running out of ideas, as we saw. We talked about that. Yeah, and none of them were super engaging this season, like Sav and Miss O, Holly J's kidney stuff. Anya was a bit more engaging, but yeah. Anya, I would have liked to see the whole season. She's one of the only people I think. Fiona, obviously she stays, but Anya would have been another character that I think they could have kept going. Holly J and Sav needed to go. Who else left? Riley. Riley wasn't doing much for him. Shantae, been on it since season four. Um, <laughs> she, I was re-watching season four and I was like, oh my god, there she is. <laughs> I could not believe it. But anyway, I liked this season. But there weren't as many character plots that I liked going on as much as season 10, if that makes sense. Like... There are character arcs, but they're either not as realistic, like the gang stuff, the whole Allie gambling and like car crash thing with Allie and Dave. Like overall, the realism is less, which I don't like as much, but I did like how there was a bit more variety than season 10. I wouldn't say there was really a main, main character of season 11, whereas with season 10, there was clearly Fiona and Allie were like the top hitters. Whereas season 11, like pretty much everyone gets their chance in the spotlight. That's very true. I would, I would say though, I feel like Drew definitely got bumped up a lot. He was in almost every episode, I felt like. He also had the, in the opening sequence, he gets the title card on his Yes. Book. Oh, I love, I always love seeing who's going to get it. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. Marco had it for too long. <laughs> he had it for so long, but Marco. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely have a renewed appreciation for season 11 that I didn't have before. Not sure I want to rewatch it anytime soon after watching it like three times through now. <laughs> I'm 100% ready to, I started season 12 a little bit and I'm like, oh, it feels like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> New content. <laughs> season 12 is like, even outside of it being new content for us, it's like 
it gets back to that season 10 feel. All right. I'm so ready to move on to season 12. Yeah. So we now bid adieu to season 11. We will see you soon for season 12. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon.